Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His words so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, what is the one of greatest deception Satan has? He's already saying it to some of you. I wouldn't be that dumb to believe it. I wouldn't believe a lie from Satan. You just have. You just have. See, he's way smarter than you, but he's not smarter than God. Now, that simply means that everything that I believe and practice must first be filtered through the Word of God. I cannot live my life on experiences. I live it on absolute written truth that comes from God. Pastor Mark will warn us of wolves posing as sheep, just waiting to catch us in their snares. Some even believe that they're correct in their doctrine. They don't necessarily have hurtful motives, they're just wrong. They can feel right to man, but in the end, they lead us away from the one true God. We shouldn't fear these deceptions, rather we should seek godly wisdom. Discernment acquired through the Holy Spirit keeps us on the right path. Such false teaching will be obvious to us if we walk in the truth. We won't have to sniff out false teaching if we're truly familiar with God's Word. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, with our continuing study entitled, Test, Live, and Celebrate the Truth. Go back to John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Look at the end of this. I thought about this a lot yesterday. John says this, because many false prophets, watch this, have gone out into the world. What, what's John saying? Satan has his own missionaries. He sends them where? Out into the world. Did you ever in your while, and by the way, we love Mormons. They just need to come to Christ. We love Muslims. They need to come to Christ. We love unbelievers. They need to come to Christ. Some of you sitting in our campuses this morning, we love you. You need to come to Christ. So don't get me wrong here. But anybody here ever think billboards in Brevard County for the Muslim faith? By the way, is it just starting or is it ended? Huh? It's going to Hindu, the whole deal. This is our world. So when we begin thinking about all of this, when I see that they've gone out into the world... Satan is the great deceiver. The Bible tells us he even masquerades as an angel of light. So when I see that Satan is sending missionaries out all over his world, what does that imitate? It's the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, Jesus said what? Go into all the world with the gospel. It imitates the great empowerment. Acts chapter 1-8, be filled with power And then go out and to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So the very mechanism that God designed for the gospel to go to the world, who mimics it? Satan. Number one book and the bestseller all over the world. 
Very easy. He's a great deceiver. Now, when you begin thinking about that, your question should come to your mind. It came to mind. Well, how can we not be deceived? How can I really know what's truth? It's so important to me that John answers the question. You'll see in a moment. He says, here's how. But he already tells us how in the first verse. Look at the word he used. Test. Test. Discern. Try it. Prove what you hear. Now, that's speaking about one thing, discernment. Here's the definition. Would you write it down on all of our campuses this morning? Discernment. It's the ability to tell the difference between truth and error, between what's real and what is a mimic. It it really isn't real. Between a real potato chip and a Pringles. It's discernment. Now, in 1 Corinthians... There's a spiritual gift of discernment when we get to chapter 12 through 14. But this is a discernment that you can have, that I can have. It's not a special gift like that. Remember one time Peter said to Ananias and Sapphira, who kind of cheated God. He said, how have you lied to God? And they went, we didn't tell you. You didn't see what happened. How did you know that was a gift of discernment? But this discernment you can have. So when you hear something, when I hear something, when I read something, I can begin going... Yeah, that that isn't really right. So I'm commanded to exercise spiritual discernment. If I don't exercise spiritual discernment, I will be deceived. Parents, this is critical for you. Now, I want to give you this morning four sources of spiritual discernment. Four ways that you can make sure that you won't be deceived. Now, look at chapter 4, verse 2. John says it like this. All of our campuses, look at This is how. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge that Jesus, acknowledge Jesus, is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. In other words, it's not from God. It's the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've already heard is coming and is now even already in the world. So let me explain to you what happened. In this particular book, people in the church, many of the false teachers, they believed this in those days, that the world was evil. Well, it is evil. But they believed then the teaching that John and the disciples gave, that Jesus became a man, put on flesh and came here, was impossible. He couldn't have been a man. Because the world is evil. Well, the Bible teaches exactly the opposite. He was fully God and he was fully man. So he came. So John was saying, if they say that Jesus was kind of just floating above the earth and he never came and he never walked here, you can't believe them. You can't believe anything about them. So there's many of these things. I'll give you a few more this morning. This isn't the only one. But there's many things you need to understand this morning that go through the Scripture. Now, as you begin to think about that, I, I want to show you something uh, important. Here's the first of these discernments. Here's, here's the proof. Here's something to help you make sure you're not deceived. Number one, discernment source number one, the Bible, the Word of God. Notice Psalms 119, 130. The teaching of your Word gives light. So even the simple can understand it. Remember that a Christ follower, we live life, we look at life, all the details of life, one way. Not through the Today newspaper, not through USA Today, not through books. We look through the lens of the Bible. Everything we look at in life, 
The way we live, the way we believe, is through the lens of the Bible. All teaching and personal beliefs must be actually tested against the Bible, God's truth. So the first thing that I have to begin thinking about is, as I hear all these things in our world today, because we have so many opinions about what is really true and what is really spiritual, I have to just go back to the Word of God. What does God's Word say? Now, one of the things you'll find in the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons, and of course, obviously Muslim and all the rest, and and many uh, false religions around the world, the crux is not just in the flesh, but here's the big one. None of them teach that Jesus is God. None of them. It's 100% wrong. They're 100% wrong. So you can't believe the rest of the stuff. See, they always mix good with truth. And they'll have other stuff, and then they'll go, well, this is true. The rest of it sounds good. No, it isn't. I'm dealing right now, indirectly, with a certain situation, a church in Florida. It's not a Calvary or anything like that. It's just, it's an abusive church that has a lot of good things, but they're abusing people. And they're directing their lives. I mean, they they smother and they appear in their door. You say, Pastor Martin, what are you talking about? Well, you don't know it. You don't need to know it. But I mean, it's out there. And they call themselves a church and they believe it enough that it looks good until you get involved. So we have to be careful as we move through this. Now, I want to I wanna show you some things. I want to give you some statements. Now, some of you are new to Christianity. So you might even say these statements today here in Melbourne or Vieira, Sebastian, or but they're not true. Listen to these statements. We're saved if our good works outweigh our bad. No, that's not true. Uh, there is no such thing as absolute truth. Isn't it interesting somebody would say to me, here's the truth now, there's no such thing as absolute truth. Really? Can I believe this statement? No, there's no such thing as absolute truth. Now here's one that I think is amazing. We never even would address that over here now, but it's come to our shores. Reincarnation is not incompatible with Christianity. Well, here's what the Bible says. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, to be recremated. Really? Is that what it says? You mean after I die, I can be reincarnated and come back again? And how many times can I come back? How many times would it take for you to get it right? Anybody married? So what does the Bible say? It's appointed unto man once to die, and after death, the judgment. How many times does the Bible say we live? Once. What is reincarnation? It's a false sense of what? Hope. It's too late. It's a lie. So I decide for or against Christ while I'm living. After I die, no chance. That's why purgatory is 100% wrong. No chance. No chance. When I die, I'm either a believer or not a believer. Here's another one. You, you hear this. What is sin for you may not be sin for me. Well, it's common to hear these non-biblical statements about the person and work of Jesus Christ. We hear them over and over again. Jesus was a nice man. He was a prophet, but he's not God. False. One day, and we see this a lot. I was just there in Gadara where, where Jesus cast the demon out of the man. We were standing there on the Sea of Galilee looking at this. And let me read you from Mark what happened. And whenever those possessed by evil spirits caught sight of Jesus, the spirits in them would throw them to the ground in front of Jesus, shrieking this. Now, these are the demons. You are the Son of God! Now, isn't that interesting to you? 
that demons knew who Jesus was, but most of our world doesn't believe it. The demons knew that Jesus was God, but our world will deny it. Why? Because they're deceived by Satan. John wrote a lot in the book of John about truth and about Jesus. I just want to give you two fundamentals this morning. You probably know them. But I think in our world, it's so mixed up. You need to come back to this truth. Here's the first truth I want you to write down this morning. Jesus came to earth as fully God and fully man. Next, the Bible proclaims that Jesus is God without any doubt. He's God. And he came to earth as fully man and fully God. Now, look at John 1.14. This is John writing because he lived with Jesus for three and a half years. Look what he writes. The word, Jesus, he became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. God, Jesus put skin on. He was God who put skin on and came to live among us. And we have seen his glory. We knew this was God. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace. And look what he came with. Truth. He brought truth. So you have to understand, if you're going to be a Christian and go to heaven, you have to believe he's fully God and fully man, and you have to believe Jesus is God. If you don't believe that, it's impossible for you to go to heaven. Number two, you know this one. We hear it all the time. Pastor Mark, there's lots of ways to God. Nice sound, totally wrong. Here it is. Jesus is the only way to God. How do I know that? Jesus, John 14, 6. I am the way, not a way, not one of many. I am the way and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, no one goes to heaven, except through me. Now, why do we hear all the rest of these? Because from the beginning of time, when Satan was with Eve in the garden, here's the first thing Satan said to Eve. Has God really said that? Yeah, he had, but God heard a doubt. So Satan wants us to doubt. He wants to dilute the word of God. He wants to deny the word of God. And he wants to distort the word of God. And let me ask you a question this morning. How is he doing? He's doing very well. Now, I'm going to say something to you, and I want to say it in love. So repeat back to me. Pastor Mark wants to say something in love. Just repeat it back to me right now. If you're sitting here this morning at any of our campuses, and you don't have a Bible open, you're in grave danger. Pastor Mark, I'm not into the Bible. You're in grave danger. This is the number one way not to. To be deceived. Pastor Mark, I really don't have time for the Bible. This is the number one way not to be deceived. I can't learn the Bible. This is the number one way. I already told you. You're simple. Anybody other than simple people here? Raise your hand. Let me get you. <laughs> no, we're just simple people. And God will show you. So I say that in love. Because if you don't bring a Bible, if you don't study the Bible, if you don't open the Bible, you don't know what truth is. If you don't read the Pringles thing and then the fine print that you got to get online, you'll never know what was in it. So I'm challenging you in love. That's why we teach the Word of God here. You have to be in the Word of God to make sure you're safe. The battle is always for truth. Let me read this to you. Just write it down. You know it. 2 Timothy 3.16. Let me just read it to you. All Scripture, the Bible, is God-breathed comes from God and is useful for teaching. That's what I'm doing this morning. For rebuking. That's what I just did. Kind of lovingly. For correcting and for training in righteousness. God gave us his word, his truth. So I can be instructed. I can be guided. 
the Bible, I want you to look at my lips this morning. The Bible protects me from deception. The Bible protects me from deception. You have to understand the word. It will protect you from deception. Now, what is the one of greatest deception Satan has? He's already saying it to some of you. I wouldn't be that dumb to believe it. I wouldn't believe a lie from Satan. You just have. You just have. See, he's way smarter than you, but he's not smarter than God. Now, that simply means that everything that I believe and practice must first be filtered through the word of God. I cannot live my life on experiences. I live it on absolute written truth that comes from God. Just a few days ago, we were in Israel at Qumran, where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, showing us again that God's word never changes. Everywhere you dig in Israel, it proves the word of God. That's why God kept it. That's why God gave it to us. Now, go to John 4.4. You're right there. First John 4.4. John continues. You, dear children are from God, and you've overcome them. Who's them? The the evil spirits. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So what does he mean by that? Here's what John is saying. Watch me. He's looking out at the church. I'm looking at at all our campuses now. I'm looking at every campus. Here's what John's saying to the people. You guys don't have to worry about anything. You have God, the spirit of God living in you. You've already overcome. You're doing good. You're in small groups. You're going to be inviting people to church. You're reading the Bible. You understand it. You're doing great. And may I say amen, 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 and amen to all the campuses. You guys are doing fantastic. Well, what's the second discernment kind of deal, Pastor Mark? Here it is. Write it down. John just told us. Number two, the, dis- the second discernment source, it's the Holy Spirit. He's known in the Bible as the Spirit of truth. And if you're a Christian, where does he live? Inside you. So, Pastor Mark, I can't understand the Bible. You have the author of the Bible living in you. No problem. So the Holy Spirit is there to guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit also is there to convict us when we sin. Remember, he goes, oh, oh, no, 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 no. He convicts us of sin. And the Holy Spirit also is to empower us to righteous living. So the Holy Spirit is to guide me into truth so I don't get off the wrong road. He's there to convict me when I kind of either omission or commission. I begin to head off in another direction. Oh, 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 no. And by the way, we'll do communion this morning. And one of the things that we're instructed to do before we take communion is examine ourselves and ask forgiveness of something. Number three. The Holy Spirit empowers us to to live right. All three provide a warning against, this alarm against false teaching. Now, how many of you in your car have seen this? Do you know what that is? What what is that a picture of? It's your warning light in your car that what's wrong? One of your tires is what? It's either low or what? Uh, Flat. Okay. Now, I have one of these in my car. Some of you have a better car than me, much fancier. By the way, I'll trade. If you'd like to trade, it'd be fine. <laughs> How do I know it's fancier? Because it tells you even what tire is low. Now, don't say, hey, that was my car. That's prideful. You might have four flats when you walk out today. <laughs> yes. So when you see that red light, you think that's good or bad? Well, you walked right into it. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit convicts us of doing something, is it good or bad? 
Pastor Mark, it's bad. No, it's good. When that comes on in your car, I don't like it. But is it good for me? Say yes. Because it's dangerous to drive it if it's really true. Now, when we came back from our vacation, our car had been sitting in the garage for a while, and I got up the next morning getting ready to go to church. Stupid lights on. I said, thanks, God. So I took it over to Coff's Auto and said to Eric, check my tires. I don't want to go anywhere. And so he checked it. And he says, well, sometimes when your car just sits, uh, it loses air. So he found one and he put some air into it and off I went. I was really happy. Two or three days, I'm excited. About the fourth day, I go into the garage. The light's on again. So I drive back over and I said, can't be that now. And he says, no, it can't. So he put, puts it up in the thing and looks at the tires. And he found a little staple in the side of my tire. which was just draining all the air out of it. I don't go to staples anymore. So he, he pulled it out and fixed it. And he fixed it. I'm a little leery still. Because that's a dangerous place to have a tire fixed in the side. But everything's good. You have within you a supernatural warning system. It's called the Holy Spirit. So when you hear something and you go, if you're a Christian, that doesn't sound right. Who's that speaking to you? The Holy Spirit. He's the Spirit of truth. That's huge. You say, well, when I'm getting ready to sin and go off this way, I don't like that. No, it's good for you. Sometimes we ignore it, and it's bad for us. Choose to sin, choose to suffer. So it's a good thing. So understand that role of the Holy Spirit inside of us is huge. I must be alert to false teaching, but I don't have to live in fear. John says, you can be assured because the Holy Spirit who lives in you is way greater than the enemy that's outside. You don't have to worry about it. Would you write it down like this? Sometimes in church, we never write this word celebrate, but it should be all over our faces. Here's what you want to write. Celebrate. We can live now without fear. No enemy is greater than Jesus living in us. So, Pastor Mike, I'm worried I'm going to be off in the false doctrine. Relax. Now, you have to understand something. Satan isn't afraid of you, but he's afraid of God who lives in you. But he's already, the victory is ours. Satan's defeated. I can walk in truth. Victory is 100% assured. So when this little warning light goes off, that's good. That's good for me. There's no way to escape battle. We're going to have all these things coming at us all the time. Good, wrong, this. It doesn't take long. Some false thing will head into the church again, and we just have to be alert. There are many truths that fill our world today. How do we know what is truth and what is a lie? Pastor Mark gave us sources to exercise spiritual discernment. One of them is the Bible. God's Word tells us only the truth our world may tell us that Jesus isn't real, but even the demons said that Jesus is God. The world is being deceived by Satan. It's so important for Christians to know God's Word so that we won't be deceived. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 6122. And the title of this message is Test, Live, and Celebrate the Truth. Again, today's message number is 6122. And the title of this message is Test, Live, and Celebrate the Truth. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we continue our teaching on spiritual discernment. Pastor Mark will tell us that it's very important to get involved in a biblical church that has a godly pastor. This will help us to grow in discernment so that we will be able to tell the difference between the truth and lie. Pastor Mark goes as far as telling us that church attendance is not an option. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark continues sharing with us from the book of 1 John. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lesson.